0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: That the Spirit of God brings to our heart and lives today, and that's what we feel this morning—the rest of His Spirit, Amen. The peace of His presence and power, and I am so very, very thankful for that. God bless you, and you can be seated. Thank you for. Just stepping right into the presence of the Lord and entertaining His Spirit with us today. We are very honored to have Brother and Sister Peyton with us, and we're going to be hearing from them in our second service. But for just a few moments this morning, I want to talk to you from the Word of the Lord. I'm going to turn your attention to the book of Genesis, chapter 8. And from chapter 8, we are going to pick up verse number 20. And, uh,. I want to to talk about something this morning that I feel uh, and have felt for several months that as we go into 2018, and you'll be hearing more about this certainly as we enter into the new year, but all throughout the year, I just want to talk about the importance of prayer today. And uh, you know, I know sometimes when we think about prayer. That it just seems so rudimentary until um, it, it it almost kind of gets off our of our radar. But there is no postgraduate course in the subject we're going to be talking about today. And I can tell you that that what gives lasting results to the work of God is prayer. I mean, you can't improve on 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 it in, in many ways because prayer is what it is but I want to talk about the importance of having an altar and I want to talk about the importance of uh, not just having a bench or a piece of furniture because that may vary from household to household I have my favorite place to pray in our home And that is one of the chairs in our living room. I have a favorite place to pray in my office, and that is one of the chairs in my office. I have a favorite place to pray in this sanctuary, and that's probably pretty obvious. But I want to understand the importance of having an altar in my life. And if you don't have a place in your home dedicated for a place of prayer, then I would strongly suggest that you do that. You don't need to leave the service right now to go do that. But I believe as soon as I got home, I would take care of that. I would designate me somewhere, someplace, and there's nothing necessarily sacred about the furniture. But I do believe it becomes sacred when we dedicate things to the Lord. When you read about, in the book of Genesis toward, I think, chapter 29, somewhere there, and how they took just common vessels, but they were vessels that were going to be used in the house of God, in the temple of the Lord. And so they were common. In other words, you could have found these vessels, drinking vessels or serving utensils. You could have probably found them in most households. But then the Lord told um, the Lord told Moses to anoint that, and then He gave him a a, a very specific ingredients and he told them how much causey and calamus and how much cinnamon and how much uh, of this and how much of that and he said then mix this together after the art of the apothecary or after the art of the what we would call today the pharmacist and he said and then anoint these vessels with oil and when you anoint that vessel with oil now it becomes another vessel. It is still a serving tool or a serving platter. It is still a, uh, a beverage holder, so to speak. But it has, been, it has been dedicated to the Lord. This building that we're in today is made up of nothing that's so uncommon you couldn't find it in any in any building supply. Whatever you see, wherever you look, everything here has been purchased by A dealer of some sort somewhere, whether it's musical instruments or the absolute building materials that uh, were were brought together to make this building. But what made it significant was that when this building was complete, we dedicated this building unto the Lord. So it's not ordinary sheetrock anymore. It's not common carpet, but we have dedicated it unto the Lord. Amen. I want to talk about some altars today. The book of Genesis chapter... 8 and verse number 20, the Bible says, And Noah built built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Amen. He offered these on the altar. There's a lot of uh, emphasis that is placed on the altar. And so I think that it would be wise when we see emphasis placed on things in Scripture that we not overlook that. And omit that from our lives or just kind of underscore its importance on any level. The Lord placed a lot of emphasis on the altar. I know just a few services ago I talked about the tabernacle and some of the instruments inside the tabernacle. But in, in, in that I talked about the altars that were there. But the altar is a place where sacrifices are made and, and they are given unto the Lord. I think the most significant, at least if I could say this in my mind, thing about the altar is that the altar is a place where God meets man. I'm reminded of the scripture when the writer said, what is a man that thou art mindful of us, are mindful of him? What is man that thou art mindful of him I understand that from time to time our egos get in the way and we get a little bit heady about our own press reports but uh, in the full scheme of things man is not a whole lot it's not a whole lot and so I get the writer saying what is man that thou art mindful of him what is a man that you would meet with him and I am humbled In prayer to understand that this is not a religious rite or a ritual that I am going through this morning or whatever hour of the day it may be. But I understand the power of God honoring that. You know, we don't get a lot of things. We don't really understand a lot of the things that God honors. But His Word said He does, so we take Him at His Word. Am I right? Amen. You think about the Nazarite vow in Scripture. um, That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us. But nevertheless, the Lord said, this is what you separate yourself from. And if you will and if you do, then these blessings will come upon you. And so when we think about what, if we were to break down the actual... uh, uh, playing out of prayer if we were to break that down what is it about a man or a woman standing and talking to nothing or no one someone that absent the understanding of what prayer is really all about could certainly make fun of that and make light of that and think there's no significance to that. But I'm going to tell you there's something very, very important about the place where God has agreed to meet with men. It is a place, as I said a few services ago, where we pull two worlds together. Heaven and earth come together what we felt uh, from the very onset of this service has not just been uh, the certain note that was hit or the certain beat that was on time, but what we have felt today has been the connecting of two worlds. Amen. Our natural fleshly world and that heavenly world. And so the altar is where heaven and earth are connected. The altar is a place where the mercy of God comes down. I pray daily for the Lord to forgive me of my sin and iniquity. And I'm thankful to meet with the mercy of God there. The mercy of God there. The altar is not just a place for sinners, but the altar is a place for saints as well. The very first thing that Noah did when he came from the ark after the flood was to build an altar. His first Noah was the very first recorded, at least, altar builder builder that we know anything about. You know, sometimes people unfortunately wait until some misfortune comes into their life, some adversity in their life, before they ever consider building an altar. I don't want to sound um, out of the way here today, but it's, Uh, Never has this been more underlined than the most, uh, well not the most recent recent tragedy, but certainly 9-11, you know prior to 9-11 there was so much chatter about not praying in school, not praying in public places and, and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you when those buildings started coming down, true Americans understood the value of prayer. Amen. I'm not trying to exclude anyone from there, but I'm going to talk about people that, let me just put it this way, people that truly mean in God we trust. Set right. right. down their swords, and and all of a sudden it was okay to pray in school, and it was okay to pray on your job, because somebody understood the value of pulling these two worlds back together. Right. Whether or not they had a prayer life prior to this, here's what I suspect. They had a praying mother or a praying grandmother or somewhere, somebody in their life had taught them either through practical terms or they taught them by example the power of prayer. I'm very, very thankful to have had prayer people in my life. Amen. All of my life. Not just, not just family members, but I've been privileged to go to church with spiritual people been privileged to be mentored by spiritual people people who taught the value of prayer and so here is Noah building an altar He is going to build this altar before adversity comes. This was after the flood. This was when life is starting afresh. In other words the slate was clean. And so Noah Noah said I think the very first thing we ought to build we ought to build an altar. We ought to build an altar. I don't want to wait until the fire has started before I start trying to construct that in my life. I don't want to wait until disaster strikes. Amen. Because many times when disaster strikes people turn to the house of God. And that's a good thing. I'm thankful that they know where to turn and where to go. But I hope you get what I'm saying today. I want to go ahead and build that now. Let me just go ahead and build that altar today. Let me build that altar. Noah was smart enough to understand one thing. We may not need this today so much, but we are going to need this. Amen. We are going to need this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to need this. And so I want to go ahead and build that into my life. I believe that God would much rather us offer a sacrifice of love than a sacrifice of fear. I don't want to just have it always fear that motivates me to prayer, or fear that motivates me to worship, or fear that is the motivating factor, prodding, pushing me along, guiding me along. But I just want to be able to kneel in prayer. I'm going to just be honest with you today. Some days our prayers are a little, they flow a little more freely than at other days. Sometimes our schedule is just a little bit off, and and uh, especially when my wife and I are out of town. Sometimes it's a little bit hard to keep uh, the, the daily regimen and schedule that we would normally keep about those things, and and I miss those things when we are away. I'm thankful to be back where we can get. I can get back. I understand you can pray anywhere. I get that. But sometimes our schedule in life just kind of pushes and prods that around. But I don't want that to become commonplace. I want to go back to that altar. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I want, I want the first thing that I say to the Lord every morning, you think me strange if you want to, but I want the first thing I say to the Lord every morning is good morning. Good morning, Lord. Amen. You gave me breath today. I'm not being silly today. I'm being honest. Good morning, Lord. You, you helped me to wake up this morning. I, I've got another day before me, but here's the caveat. I don't know what this day holds. I can't see around the next 30 seconds. I can't see around the corner of the next 30 minutes. So I'm asking you to guide my step. And in order for you to guide my step, that means I'm going to need your Word to be a lamp to my to my feet and a light to my path. I'm going to need your Word to illuminate around me I'm going to need you today the importance of an altar the importance of an altar thank God Noah followed this by continuing to make this altar a vital part of his life Abraham was also a man who built altars before the Lord it was after that altar of true life experience on Mount Moriah that he came down a changed man God knew at that moment. He said to Abraham, Now I know. Something happened powerful at that altar. It was a place of sacrifice. It was a place where our will is broken. It is a place where God can speak to us. Not just us speaking to God, but a place where God can speak to us. Amen. God chose him to be a great man and a father of many nations. That was confirmed. He was called before Moriah, but it was confirmed on Mount Moriah. And so an altar was important to God. As I said a few weeks ago, he required a in the tabernacle in the wilderness. That brazen altar was a place directly in front of the entrance of the tabernacle. And so that was the very first business of the day. We're going to get this taken care of right now. You can't go any further until you pass by the altar. And so if you to do so it's going to come with some very negative negative effects in like fashion I believe the altar should be the first business amen on our mind when it comes to each and every service can I tell you I just let me just pastor for just a moment right here let me just shepherd for just a moment right here if I may can I tell you that i I'm begging you today I would beg you today as a saint of this church a member of this church to not wait until you're along Clock sounds on Sunday morning to be thinking about Sunday morning service, but somewhere we need to be on our knees between Wednesday and Sunday and pray God, I don't know who's going to be there Sunday, I don't know what's going to happen Sunday, but we need to go ahead when Wednesday night is over. We need to start casting some seed ahead of us. Is this all right? Amen. Don't let the devil keep you so distracted until it's nine thirty-five before it ever dawns on you that we're going to come into the the house of the Lord. I know we start our service at 10. I understand that we have a time to start. Our worship service. But I believe that our service ought to start way, way. It ought to start days before 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Why? Because we can't sing alcoholism, the grip of alcoholism out of someone's life. Amen. We cannot teach it out with our own ability. We can't program it out. We don't have enough shrewdness. We don't have enough finesse among us. It's going to take the anointing. The Bible says the anointing. It doesn't it break the yoke but the anointing destroys the yoke hallelujah where's that anointing going to come from i promise you it's not just going to come out of the sky from out of nowhere but it's going to be born where god meets man and man meets god hallelujah we need the anointing of the holy ghost we don't just need gifted sunday school teachers we need anointed sunday school teachers We don't just need gifted musicians and gifted singers. We need anointed musicians and anointed singers. We don't need gifted orators in our midst. We need anointed orators in our midst. Thank you, Jesus. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with talent. Don't misunderstand me. We just need an anointed talent. Nothing wrong with somebody having brains. But as Brother Mike Williams says, we need baptized brains. (laughs) Amen. Statement unique to Him. We need to prepare ourselves every time. Homes. Our homes should have altars in them. Those favorite places to pray. It may be kneeling in a chair, it may be sitting in a chair, it may be kneeling at a couch, it may be standing, it may be laying, whatever. We need an altar in our home. And we should never remove the importance of the altar from our home or our lives because we're never going to get so high that we're not going to need an altar to bring us. I don't ever want to devalue the altar in my life. I don't ever want to take away its value to me. Excuse me. God, help us. Help us today. The altar was so important to God that He put one in heaven. I'm just going to read to you from Revelation 8 and 3. The Bible says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, And there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. Now just think about that. The prayers of the saints mixed in with the incense that was offered to God on this golden altar. Hallelujah. The prayers of the saints. I understand there are times in prayer, I've illustrated many times along this line, I felt like there had been times in prayer that my words were leaving my lips and they were going straight to heaven. God had just turned off everybody else and he was just listening to Steve. There have been other times I got up from prayer and I felt like everything I said was just dribbled all down the front of my shirt. Absolutely. You ever felt like you were just praying into your hand? (laughs) Just praying into a bottle. But I have to walk away from that altar every time knowing that that prayer went up. And God heard that prayer. Amen. God saw the intent of my heart and the passion with which I prayed that prayer. Let me quickly move to a close here this morning. But I want you to notice, if you will, with me, a few altars that we find in scripture. Noah made an altar. Abraham made an altar. Solomon built an altar. Moses built an altar. Jesus had an altar. The church had an altar. Heaven had an altar. Amen. But what a privilege it is to think about these examples of those that built altars in their life. They understood the value of that. I'm... I don't know how to impress upon you the importance of being a person of prayer. I'm going to quote an elderly bishop in my life who's gone on to his reward today, but he said you should never pray to be seen. But it wouldn't hurt you to be seen praying. <laughs> I think he has. I think he's on to something. We should not just pray to be seen, but I'd, I think it would be alright if our family called us praying every now and then. Amen. They heard us praying every now and then. They heard our children ought to hear. If you've got children at home, they ought to hear your prayer. Amen. Your muffled prayers might, might, it may even ought to wake them up in the middle of the night when you lay your hands on them and pray God's protection and His blanket upon their lives. I want to build an altar in my life. Because there are places that altars don't exist. And so as our musicians come, I want to just gather your minds around this one point. In Luke 16, we find a rich man that went to hell. Not the lake of fire with brimstone, but Hades, a place of torment. He had all the comforts of life, but he didn't have time for God. What a tragedy. He didn't have time to feed Lazarus even though all he wanted was just a few crumbs. Lazarus died and was carried by the angel into Abraham's bosom. The rich man continued to prosper. Never had time for others. No time for church. No time for God. So obviously he never had a time for an altar of prayer. But in time he died. And the Bible says that in hell. Think about it. He lifted up his eyes and noticed with me the very first thing he prayed. He prayed. Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. When the rich man realized he could not have one drop of water, he prayed a second prayer. I pray thee, I'm quoting, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my Father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. I think it was a very reasonable prayer. I, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I think that was a very, both prayers, very reasonable prayers. problem is, is there was no altar there. Because there's no altar in hell. If we're going to pray, here's my point. We better pray now. If you're thinking about living for God, stop thinking about it. If you're thinking about repenting, then you need to do that while you still have access to an altar because there's no altars in hell. Amen. I'm not saying that we're going to forget how to pray. Apparently not. Amen. apparently not, but there's just going to be nowhere to pray. I'm not talking about that in hell there's not going to be a little bench or there's not going to be a chair or there's not going to be a place. What I'm talking about is it's too late to pray there because the altar is, let me go back to my opening comments, it's not about a bench, it's not about an altar, it's not about whether it's wooden or padded or whether we. it's a chair. An altar is a place where God can meet with man. And in hell there is no such thing as God meeting man and we're going to have to take care of that now while we are under the dispensation of grace. God has given us a space of grace. If we're going to pray, we ought to pray now. If we're going to build an altar, I say get out your hammer and nail now. If we're going to put somewhere in our life that's going to be a place we meet with God, I said in a moment ago, I would, really wasn't kidding, that ought to be the first thing on our list. If it's not in our home, I'm going to say God, this is going to be the place where I'm going to come and meet with you, not just in a time of crisis, not just in a time where all hell has broken loose in my home, but I am going to have a place a prayer, an altar now, amen, an altar now, let's stand together, shall we? I know I've said this many times through the years as an illustration, but it is nonetheless true that when our son was small and living at home as a child, especially when he was just a child, we had an escape plan in case our home caught on fire. Now, we didn't talk about this every 30 days. We didn't sit around in some morbid fashion just waiting for the sky to fall. But from time to time, randomly, we would just say, Justin, if the house catches on fire, what are you supposed to do? And we made him tell us. Not just, do you know what to do? Tell me. Talk to me back. Tell me what the plan is. At one point we lived, well in both of our homes, since we've been here, our our bedrooms were separated. We were on one side of the house and his room on the other side of the house, quite by design to be honest. Talk to me. Tell me. Don't nod your head to me. Don't wink and give me a thumbs up. We got this. Amen. Can I tell you today, don't wink back at me this morning. Don't give me a thumbs up. I'm asking you for more than just an amen, Pastor. I'm asking you for more than just to preach it this morning. I want you to look. I want to look into the blue of your eyes or the brown of your eyes. And I want you to know I know what to do if my world were to collapse today. I've got a place where I can meet with God. What is man that thou art mindful of him? I don't know. But God loved me enough. And so I want to designate a place that I can go and lift my voice and talk to Him and He with me. Let's lift our hands together. Can we make an altar where you stand today for a moment of time? Can we talk to the Lord? Can I tell you this morning? Amen. I'm going to tell you there's nothing more important than prayer. There's nothing more important in our schedule today than your eternal security. Amen. There is nothing more important to me this morning than your eternity. Where is your soul all going to be Can i tell you that while there is time to have an altar and while we know where an altar is will you pray there'll be no altars in hell sir there'll be no altars in hell man there'll be a day it won't be too late to pray <sighs> Ooh. Ooh. amen let's entertain the lord There'll be a day it'll be too late to pray. Do you think? Do you think that perhaps Noah's son said, "Dad, what are you doing? Dad, what are you doing with that lumber? Dad, what are you doing with the rocks? Dad, what is, what is all this about? It's an altar, son. The very first thing we're going to do is we're going to build an altar." because this will be the most important place we ever stand. This will be the most significant thing we ever do. So while there's time to pray, amen, I want to pray. I think we ought to entertain the spirit of prayer this morning. And I think we ought to entertain the moving of the Holy Ghost today. hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to make room in my life. While I still have the attention of God, while I still have the ability to have the attention of God, I want to pray. I do want to pray. I do want to pray. Amen. You know, there's coming a day when everybody will pray because the Word says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. The tragedy of that Scripture is that they're going to be bowed under the weight of brokenness today. I want to bow under the weight of willingness.
0: Amen. I want to
1: bow under the weight of willingness. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Let's magnify his name. Praise God. Let's don't be too quick to try to transition here. Amen. I believe the Lord is wanting to speak to some somebody today. Somebody's heart needs to be tenderized toward the way and the will of God. He has given us another day. This wasn't promised to us. But you're here this morning. He's given us another day. Amen. This was not promised to us. What a gift we received when we opened our eyes this morning. And we were still on this side of eternity with time left to pray. Amen. In the name of Jesus. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. 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 Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Thank you.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic.